I just had one of those moments, you know, where God just gives you an incredible gift. And um, when Rochelle was singing Amazing Grace, um, her daughter, one of her daughters, Malia, was just standing over there on the side of the pew. And I didn't know she was standing there. And I, I could hear this little soft, scratchy voice singing the words of Amazing Grace. And I was right in between them. I was on holy ground. That was a special blessing. I wish you could have all enjoyed it. But God gave it to me. So I'm blessed. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, proud or selfish in any way. I just thought I'd share that with you. But uh, God is good. And all the time. I want to do something. Uh, Rochelle is somewhere. I see one of her daughters. Is, here, where, is your wife still in the building? There you are. Could I bother you for a minute? Could you just come up here for a second? Um, and you can bring Malia up with you too. Thanks, Malia, for that gift you didn't know you were giving me. So precious. And then I looked at her and I just kind of waved and she smiled and then she kind of moved closer and then she sat next to me and I got to put my arm around her. I'm wondering if you could do something for us. Um, I'm going to grab the mic. I think you were, which mic were you singing on? This one? I think it's still on. Come, come on over here. <laughs> now, I want you to think about something. We sang the song Amazing Grace. You believe it's amazing, right? I know it is because I know my life and it needs some amazing grace in it. The, I want you to think about something. We come to church to receive a blessing, hopefully. Yes? But most of all, do we come to church to be a blessing to God? So I want us to think about God's amazing grace in our life. And I want, Rochelle, if you wouldn't mind singing again, Amazing Grace. How sweet. Okay, if you can just sing that. Okay. By yourself. And I want you just to listen. I want you just to listen and think about your life this morning being a blessing to God. And then after she's done singing Amazing Grace, that first stanza, if we could have the words for when we've been there 10,000 years, and we'll sing that together. Just sing it in a key that we can all sing, okay? okay. All right? So let's just do that. Let's just, just, let's just be still and receive what the Spirit's going to do in our hearts through her voice this morning, and then we'll respond when we've, we've been there 10,000 years, okay? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But now I am found, was blind, but now I see. Now in response to God's grace, I want us to sing when we've been there 10,000 years, not for ourselves, but to bless God this morning. Okay, let's try that. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days 
Thank you, Malia. I got to hear her sing again. Did you get to hear it? Isn't that awesome? That's great. Jesus said something like we have to be like little children to get into the kingdom, right? Pure hearts. I have a little pop quiz for you this morning. I'm going to ask you a question after I read this verse. It's from Revelation. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. I want to ask you, is that talking to anybody in this room this morning? Does it apply to anybody in this room? Let me, let me just, I'll read it and ask you that again. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Is that talking about anybody in this room? If you're not sure, you need to know that that's your destiny if you're in Christ Jesus. That because of Christ Jesus, because of God's faithfulness to us through the cross and through the life of Christ, we will reign with him for a thousand years and longer. Now just wrap your mind around that. Think, think about being there with God for a hundred years. Anybody a hundred years old in here? We might have somebody 90. No? I know it's uh, Arliss's mom is 90. Someone's 90. We have someone 90 in there. We have a 90-year-old and over here. We have, we, have, we have some richness in this room this morning. Not you. Not Joy. Joy, you look phenomenal for 90 years old. <laughs> You're going to tell us how you do it. So, so some of you can wrap your mind around 90 years. Imagine you're reigning with God for 100 years. Go 200 years. Go 500. Go 1,000. Go 10 million. It will never stop because of God's faithfulness. We need to remember sometimes we live in a world where from day to day we kind of get beat up by our society. Sometimes life at home is rough. Sometimes life at work is rough. At school, just watching TV sometimes is rough. And we forget our destiny. We forget where we're heading. We, for, we forget sometimes in these dark times that that Jesus is coming again and we will reign with him forever and ever. Hallelujah. Thank you. Anybody going to say hallelujah in heaven? Just remember, we're kind of practicing for eternity, so it's okay to say it while you're on earth every once in a while. Let me read this to you from Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there's no longer any sea, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death, there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. And he said, right, for these words are faithful and true. You follow a God who is faithful and true, no matter what you do. God is faithful. 
Today is a special day in the Ciccarelli household. November 21st is a special day because it's the day my son was born. And he's somewhere here, I know, over there. We've got quite a group over there today. We've got, a, we've got an 11-year-old near a 90-year-old. This is quite a cool thing. That's why the church is so wonderful, isn't it? And so on November 21st, my son was born, our first child, and uh, Lisa and I, as we were putting our heads down on the pillow last night, we're just kind of reminiscing about that night. And uh, it was kind of a, a great weekend because in the Escondido Church, we had just paid off the land for where we were going to start our new building program. And so that Sabbath was going to be a high Sabbath of burning the deed and saying, it's paid off, now we can start building. And so we were planning for this incredible service of thanksgiving to God and I had all this stuff in my truck, the PA system and everything else to go out there. And Friday night, it all started going down. <laughs> and so I called my senior pastor on the phone. I said, Gary, um, I'm at the hospital. I'm not going to make it tomorrow. You need to come get this stuff out of my truck. And so he did. And just as God would have it, I love God's sense of humor. Right in the middle of the church service, while they were celebrating this, I called to say that my son was born. And they celebrated Andrew being born. And uh, so the 21st is a high day in our family. And so today we celebrate his life and his birthday. And one of the things that we love to do, we don't do it so much anymore because they're getting to be big kids now, they say. And uh, one of the things that we love to do, Andrew loves Legos. He loves anything to do with Legos, as many of his, his peeps do, you know. They love Legos. They love Star Wars. They love those types of things. Well, Legoland is like Mecca for people who likes, like Legos. So, of course, we're going there tomorrow for his birthday. And you go to Legoland, and there's an area in Legoland that, that has, like, all these knights and castles. And, and they have this roller coaster that's like a dragon. And, and you go on the dragon roller coaster, and then you come out. And then, of course, as, you know, amusement parks are so good at, they dump you right out into a place to buy all kinds of things. And so... We get off the roller coaster and we come, and here's all the stuff to be a knight. You, know, you buy the, 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 the chest protector, and you buy the helmets, and you buy the flimsy swords, and, and they have all the princess garb and everything. And, and so, of course, you know, we had to buy some of these items. And uh, so we did. So what we started to play at the house was rescue the princess. You know, and, and Alana's room was way back at the top corner of the house, and we would be downstairs, and Andrew and I would have our chest protectors on, and we had our flimsy swords, and we would play Rescue the Princess, and Alana would be up in her room, oh, help me, help me, rescue me, rescue me, and we'd be like, no fear, princess, we're coming, and we'd fight off all the knights downstairs, and we'd go on, and we'd go back to back and go up, up the stairs as we were fighting off the enemy together, and then as we came around the corner to Alana's room, we'd have to beat the dragon. And there would be the dragon, and we would attack the dragon together, and we would slay the dragon. We'd burst open Alana's door, and she'd say, oh, my heroes, you've come to rescue me. And we'd say, we are here, never fear, Princess Alana. And we would take her in our arms and rescue her. Great memories. I still want to play, but they don't like it for some reason. <laughs> Someday, though, when Alana's a teenager, I'll want to rescue the princess. <laughs> And slay the guy who's... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I won't do that because I have the love of Jesus in my heart. <laughs> but that's what it's all about. 
That's what Revelation is all about. That's what the Bible is all about. That's what the story is all about. That's what Jesus says true reality is about, is about, is his love and his faithfulness for us to rescue us, to slay the dragon and say, he doesn't have the last word. You are mine and I am yours. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. And you will reign with me forever and ever. God is always faithful. God rescuing us, God saving us because we couldn't and we can't save ourselves. No matter how hard we try, and God knows we try and we try and we try, and that's why he said, no, I will do it for you. This old covenant that we read about in the Old Testament, God says, you know, you can't keep it yourself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it for you. I'm going to come and I'm going to shed my blood and I'm going to put my love in your heart and I'm going to change your will. I'm going to make you a new creation because you can't do it. I'm going to do it. I'm faithful and I will follow through and I will do it in you. Colossians 1.13 says, for he has rescued us. Listen to this verse. He has rescued us from the dominion, from the power, from the reign of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the beloved son who he loves. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. Think about your life day to day, week to week, year to year. He has rescued you from the dominion of darkness. It's not all up to you. It's about his faithfulness. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Romans 8 says this, Therefore, there is now only a little bit of condemnation for you. Therefore, there is now, how much? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus this morning, just say amen. amen. There is no condemnation on your life. Period. None. The last time, you know, I looked up this word in the Greek, the word no, and you know what it means? It means no. <laughs> it means no condemnation for you because he's been faithful. Romans 5, 6, and 8 says this. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that says? It says we couldn't do a thing. We were powerless, sinners, and Christ died for us. We didn't do one little thing to get God to go, okay, you did enough, now I'll step in and do the rest. It says we were powerless, we were sinners, and Christ died for us out of his faithful love. One of my favorite um, singer-songwriters, his name is David Wilcox, just a simple guy from North Carolina. And uh, he plays the guitar and he sings and he tells incredible stories and um, Early on in his life, he, studied, he was studying to be a minister, and he, he got his MDiv, and, and then he decided to just pursue music and do songwriting. And so a lot of his songs have a lot of good real-life stories, just this rich theology about life in the day-to-day. -day. And um, he tells a story about a conversation he had with one of his good friends. And he asked his friend, so you guys, you guys joining us tonight? And he goes, no, no. He says, we're not together anymore. I'm not seeing her anymore. Oh, what happened? Well, you know, he said, you know, she, she changed. Oh, oh, she changed. Oh, well, well, what happened? I thought she was great. He goes, yeah, well, you know, when I first met her, she was a lot of fun. 
and we'd go rock climbing and we'd go mountain biking and we'd go hiking and, and, then, and, then, and then she had all these emotional needs. And David goes, oh, oh, yeah, emotional needs. You, you don't want anybody with those. And he goes, no, 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 no. You, you know what I mean. She, she wanted to talk. He goes, oh, pff, talk. You don't want anybody who's going to talk, you know. And, and he goes, no, 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 I don't mean talk. He goes, I mean talk. Oh, oh, yeah. And the guy goes, yeah, you know, we were, we were on our way. We were going to just go catch a movie one night. And, and she asked me this, this question in the car one night. And, and I kind of like just threw out this kind of off-the-cuff uh, kind of flippant remark and then, and, and then she said, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, oh, nothing, nothing. I was just kidding. She said, no, 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 no. I think you were serious. Let's get it out in the open. And he goes, no, really, I was just, I was just, I was just kidding. And, and, and then in his mind, he's thinking, oh, man, now I'm missing the previews, you know. And they go on and on, and it doesn't seem you're beating the topic to death. And now he's thinking, well, hopefully we'll make the 9 o'clock show. See how guys think, ladies, you know. Now maybe, oh, maybe we'll make the 9 o'clock showing. And then you realize you're not going to see a movie at all. And so you just drive home in silence. You've been beating the topic to death. And finally he says, you know what? He says to David, he says, I just didn't sign up for any of that. You know, just didn't sign up for that. So I'm done. This morning you and I can thank God that never once does Jesus look at your life and say, I never signed up for that. He looks at your life and he never says, I didn't sign up for that. In fact, he's so committed to your life that he signed it in blood on the cross one day. And he said, I'm committed to you forever and ever and ever and ever. In fact, not only am I committed to you forever, but you're going to not just sit with me, you're going to reign with me forever and ever and ever. Because I knew what I was getting into when I signed up to a relationship with you. And I love you. Astounding faithfulness. God says when we look at the cross, I am faithful and committed and fully reliable forever, no matter what. No matter what. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful. And just. In fact, in 2 Timothy 2.13, it says, If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. Let that sink in for a minute. In fact, let's, we're going to say that together, okay? Let's just say that together. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. Now say it louder. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. You see, we have to do this when we're gathered because this doesn't happen on the 11 o'clock news. This doesn't happen when you watch TV shows. They're never going to say, now repeat this with me. Get this in you. When you are faithless, he will remain faithful. Now a break from our sponsor. That doesn't happen. That's why it's important for us to gather together to remember who we are and who we belong to. And in spite of the economy crashing, in spite of who knows what's going to happen to healthcare, in spite of everything else, God is faithful. And he will be faithful no matter what. A good friend of mine um, wrote a poem I mentioned a couple weeks ago about my father passing away, and I'm not going to bring that up every week, trust me. But uh, he wrote a poem about my father. My dad's name was Vince, and he said the poem was called I Knew Vince. And I thought, well, that's strange. He never met my dad. So I read the poem, and as I read the poem, 
I was going down and going, wow, he really knew my father. How did he know these things without knowing him? And then I got to the last line, and it says, you ask me how I knew Vince? I know his son, John. And I went, wow, <laughs> are that many characteristics of my father in me? The saying is that the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree. And the proof's in the pudding. You see, that's what we've been talking about for the last several weeks, about the fruits of the Spirit. God says that through His Spirit, the faithfulness we experience in Him will begin to flourish in our life and turn into fruit of faithfulness in relationships that we have and those that we associate with. That we will be people who are reliable, people who can be counted on, people who step in when the going gets tough. We will be faithful. It's an organic thing. I love the song. Uh, you don't hear it sung too much anymore. I guess I'm getting into that age group. He who began a good work in us will be what? Faithful to complete it in him. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it in Christ Jesus. Is God doing a work in you? He is. And he's going to be faithful to complete it. And part of that work is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And there's that one that I'm still hung up on, self-control. And we're going to talk about that next Sabbath. But God is doing a work in you and God is doing a work in me. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is about a guy named Mephibosheth. You ever heard that name before? That's a full mouth to say when your mouth is dry. Mephibosheth. That's the name that I've told people in my house that if you ever get upset and you're tempted to say a bad word, just say Mephibosheth. It kind of gets you distracted. You know, ah, Mephibosheth. <laughs> Mephibosheth had a hard life. When he was five years old, his dad, Jonathan, was killed. At 12 years old, his uncle died. But when he was five, and word got out that his dad and his grandfather Saul was killed in battle, they made the announcement that it's time to get out because they would try to, when, when people were conquered, they would try to kill everybody in that household. And so they were scared, and, and Mephibosheth's nurse or, or a caregiver picked him up at five years of age, and as they were going and trying to get out of the area, it appears that she dropped him, and he became, the Bible says, crippled in both of his legs, lame in both legs. And so somewhere in the journey, the Bible's not real clear about it, but somewhere in the journey, he, he lived the rest of his life, for the most part, in a land called Lodabar. Lodabar was a place that basically means barrenness, no pastures, nothing. It's not where most people would want to live. And his name, Mephibosheth, was really a name of shame. Out of my mouth comes reproach, is kind of what it says, it's shame. And so, I mean, think of if that was your life. You're crippled in both feet. Your dad died at the age of five. Your uncle died at the age of 12. And you're living in this land of nothingness with a name that is just shame. And you're crippled. Word comes to you from a servant of Saul, now under David, Ziba, that the king is calling for you. And he's calling you into his courtroom. He's calling you into his throne room. And in your mind, you must be thinking, today is my day to die. They found me. 
They bring you into the throne room, and there's David. And try to imagine, how did he enter that room? He was crippled. Did he have crutches? Was he carried in? And all of his life in hiding, for the most part, the shame, the emptiness, the brokenness. And now you're there before the king, pretty much thinking that he's going to say, I'm going to kill you. But instead, you hear these words, do not be afraid. David says to Mephibosheth, don't be afraid. And he tells Ziba, he says, I want you to give all of Saul's land, all the land that Saul had, restore now to Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth is now going to sit at my table for the rest of his life. He's going to sit at the table of the king and reign with David for the rest of his life. Wow. David, it says in the passage, wanted to show him the kindness of God. But it came out of what the scripture says, his faithfulness to the covenant that he'd made with Jonathan, Mephibosheth's father. Out of his covenant, his faithfulness to Jonathan, he said to Ziba, is there anybody left of the household of Saul that I can show God's kindness to? And it was Mephibosheth. Our God is faithful. And he says, no matter how broken you think you are, no matter how messed up you think you are, no matter how little you think you can bring to the table, you get to sit with me for the rest of your life. You get to be a child of the king forever and reign with me forever, no matter what. Because I am faithful. Think about this week. Think about, in fact, try to be very intentional each week, each day when you wake up to be reminded that no matter how I feel, no matter what I'm going through, God is faithful. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you that you are faithful no matter what. We thank you as we think about coming around the Thanksgiving table this week and we think about all the blessings and all the goodness in our life, it's because of your faithfulness. And Lord, as we sit around that table, may we not just allow ourselves to enjoy the great food and the great fellowship, but may we also allow ourselves to enjoy your presence at that table who is our faithful God that never says, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for all the headaches and the problems that these people have and this world has. I signed up forever to love them, to restore them, and to bring them back home. Take a minute now, a minute in silent prayer, to reflect on and to seriously contemplate God's faithfulness to you and how he also I want to live his faithfulness through you in this world. Now may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify us through and through. May our whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ because the one who calls us is faithful and he will do it. Amen.